Don Rosinger, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Travis Rosinger, and we want to welcome you back to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Oh, we absolutely do. Yes, welcome back. We hope you had a great week. A few weeks ago, Charles, I know we got something special. We got an extra hour of sleep. Yeah. I mean, daylight savings comes, and then in the fall, that's when we always get that extra hour, yeah, so we, we use it ahead of time. We turn our clocks back. We know that they don't do that everywhere around no. the world, but it's kind of like that Christmas bonus right. check or you know profit sharing yeah. check that your company gives you once a year. An extra hour. Yep. And oh you my gosh. choose to either spend it with using sleep, getting more sleep, or you use it you know, just staying up extra. Yeah, I don't know why. It's a novelty for me (laughs) every year when that comes around. I'm like so pumped. You know, I talk about it all day long. You do. So it's exciting that we get that extra hour of sleep, but the downside of that is now it gets dark here around 5 p.m., like really early as we're just getting off work. All of a sudden, it's just dark. Yeah, and that's here in Minnesota. And I would almost say it gets dark around 4.30 p.m. because it just starts to, like the sun is, is setting or it's on the horizon And it's not great. So it's crazy because it always happens in the fall and now it's getting cold and winter has arrived. And even this morning we woke up and there is snow everywhere. So people often talk about having these things called the winter blues. Travis, have you heard of that saying before? And what do you think it means? Yeah. Yeah, man. I've heard that a million times and it's hard not to believe that they're probably true. Yeah. I mean, from time to time, more often in the winter, I wake up on the wrong side of the bed or feeling discouraged or bummed out. And that just doesn't happen as much in the heat of the summer when there's like what feels like 24 hours of daylight. I know. I think our body obviously craves vitamin D, which you naturally get from the sun. Well, if the sun is setting earlier, your body doesn't get as much of that natural vitamin D. And I think that's why some people can struggle with something called winter blues. And I I do think it is a thing. I mean, there's times now, Travis, it's dark at five. By eight o'clock, I think we look at each other like, should we go to bed? I mean, we have to make sure that we keep ourselves busy all winter long so that we're enjoying our nights and not just wanting to go to yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah, it does. It gets into your mind and it starts to change the way that you think and it kind of wants to take over your life. Yeah, I kind of think that winter blues is a thing, but I also think that summer blues and fall blues and spring blues can be a thing as well. And maybe it has less to do with daylight. Of course, that impacts us and affects us, but maybe it has more to do with our overall life lifestyle. You know, I can't agree with you more. I actually think that people go through the blues quite often. You know what? I was reading in the Bible a while back and I feel like I found a solution for the blues. I was just going through first, second, third John in the Bible and I found it super interesting that at the end of both second and third John, it ends with the same phrase. In second John 1.12, it says this, I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to do with paper and ink for I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. Then our joy will be complete. So that's how second John chapter two ends But again, in 3 John chapter 3, verse 13, it ends with this. 
I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to write it with pen and ink. For I hope to see you soon, and then we will talk face to face. Yeah. So both chapters end very similar, almost so exactly the same. Yeah, and of course they don't—they didn't have computers back then. They didn't have iPhones. They couldn't, you know, text or shoot emails back and forth. But they could send letters. They could send a courier. And just like us, there was the temptation, like, "Hey, I've already communicated with them. I don't need to go there." I mean, that—that's like a three-day trip by donkey or by foot. Why? Why would I do that? And that's really cool that he says that twice, face to face. I think it's fascinating that John understood the importance of face-to-face communication or face-to-face friendship and how it would make his joy complete. And now thousands of years later in our era in the digital social media age, we can see the effects of not having face-to-face communication. It was crazy for me to see this and realize how amazing the Bible is and how relevant it is to today and what we're dealing with today. And I think that face-to-face communication is an answer to these blues, to winter blues, summer blues, fall blues, anything. It's interesting that this was written about 2,000 years ago, but the pressures are still the same and the need for relationships are still the same. Having good quality relationships are a game changer. It was for them back then and it is for us right now. Yeah, it's interesting, Don, because you and I have been not only like experiencing that concept recently, we've been living it. We have. It's a part of our lifestyle. You and I both have different sets of friends, whether they're at work or personal friends that you have uh, ladies that you like to connect with. I have guys that I like to connect with, but we also, and we've talked about it on this podcast recently, but we've also invited this whole new group of people into our lives. We have what most people would call a small group, but it's really a not so small group. It's more like a mid-sized group. It's a large group. 20 people in our living room and we love it. (laughs) And it's incredible. But one of the things that we've noticed, I mean, it started off, uh, we've met five times already and for a big chunk of time, almost two hours, they come, we have food together. We talk about each other's lives. We really kind of catch up and we pray for each other, get to know each other better. But it's interesting how those relationships, those face-to-face relationships have grown throughout the just the five times that we've gotten together. I mean, hasn't it been completely different from the first one to the most recent one? Oh, yeah. In the beginning, we had to actually wear name tags, Travis, remember? <laughs> we, <laughs> we didn't know each other's names. And by the end, this last fifth uh, meeting that we had, we all knew each other's names. We were in different rooms talking. You could just hear conversation all over the house. And it was Crazy cool. Like, I loved hearing the conversation. And I was able to just go mingle with tons of different people at different times. It was electrifying. It just filled our buckets. I know you and I talked about it uh, after the last two times that we've gotten together with our group that it just filled us with so much joy and energy. Like, it energized us, not just because we might lean towards extrovert, but because it filled our bucket for that emotional, social need. And like you mentioned, some of those conversations, it was fascinating because not only were people not wearing name tags, but they were actually asking each other about key, like important pieces of one another's lives that they never would have known, you know, great to hear, but they learned over meeting that many times together. Now, contrasting that with Zoom. Now yeah. we love Zoom. <laughs> like where would we, we be without FaceTime, with Zoom, Zoom <laughs> yeah. you know, digital communication like that. But we had a group about a year ago that was online through 
only through Zoom. Yeah, we We've only saw them through Zoom. We met some of them through Zoom. Absolutely. And so, you know, that was an incredible group. That was awesome, but it was very limiting. And it's really incomparable to the most recent experience that we've been having with all of these people coming to our home. Incredible. Yep. I know those Zoom meetings just weren't quite as life-giving. We appreciated them. We love those friends, but it wasn't quite as life-giving as when you have them in your home and you have that face-to-face conversation and you can... Just reach out and touch them. Oh, yeah. And we give each other hugs. We shake hands. I mean, and some of those uh, people that are in our current group are from that Zoom, you know, the online group. But I think what we're talking about is what John wrote about. Yeah. Something powerful about face-to-face communication, face-to-face friendships. So maybe if you're feeling kind of blue, if you haven't caught this yet, (laughs) what we're trying to say is... Go and have a face-to-face conversation with a friend. Oh my gosh, Face-to-face. Just talk to them about your life, ask them questions, and just get to know someone better or deeper. Yeah, and we're not trying to suggest that, Don, at all. Like, uh, hey, go do this, but we're not doing it. Tuesday morning, I'm getting together with a friend for coffee and breakfast. Why? Because it's powerful. And Don, I remember when you first brought this uh, passage to me, you had come across it in the book of John or books of John, I should say. And you pointed that out. I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And so I had to dig a little deeper on the importance of face-to-face communication and friendship. I mean, why would John even mention it? Well, guys, Check this out. According to Psychology Today, they reported this back in 2015. It was a study that researchers had done. They found that having limited face-to-face social contact nearly doubles someone's risk of having depression. Did you notice that? Just even limited. Doubles it. We're not talking about saturated or overwhelming face of it. Just limited. Study participants who met in person regularly with family and friends were less likely to report symptoms of depression compared with uh, participants who emailed or spoke on the telephone. It went on to say that uh, research has long supported the idea that strong social bonds strengthen people's mental health. We found that all forms of socialization aren't equal. Phone calls and digital communication with friends or family members do not have the same power as face-to-face social interactions and helping to stave off depression. Don, did you hear that? In our world right now, they're saying, it's like they're echoing John's words. They're saying that that these digital or phone calls or whatever don't have the same power as face-to-face, exactly what John was talking about. Yep, absolutely fascinating that all forms of socialization aren't equal. They're not equal. And I think sometimes people can believe that Facebook or Instagram all those conversations are are just as important as face to face and they're not they're not equal they're not the same i know that i want to avoid depression at all costs i don't ever want to struggle with depression i want to do what john says as the writer of that book to make my joy complete. He uses those words. So texting, email, Facebook, or Instagram may be a more convenient way and an easier way to communicate, but it is affecting mental health. So is that convenience worth it? No, not if it's causing depression. No, pick. don't just pick up the phone. Yeah. Pick up the phone and call someone and say, hey, let's meet at a coffee shop. 
Let's go to the mall. Let's go somewhere and be face to face. It's really causing isolation, which in turn causes depression, maybe even anxiety. And especially during a time, a season, at least in the northern part of the United States, when it gets cold in the winter, you need that face to face interaction. I know. So I think the point of this podcast is just to remind you guys and to remind ourselves that we all need face to face communication with people who love us. So I just want to ask you, when was the last time that you had a face-to-face conversation with a friend? Maybe it's been a while. Maybe you can't even remember. So let me just encourage you, take the first step and invite someone out for a coffee date, a walk, or better yet, to come over into your home for supper or dessert, or maybe join a connect group, join a group, I mean, a group at church, anywhere, or even start one if you can't find one that will meet your needs. I heard this saying once, and it was this, the world is full of lonely people waiting for someone to make the first move. Let that be you guys. Be the one to make the first move. And just as John in the New Testament talked about it, do what John did. Invite someone to meet you and have a face-to-face conversation with them. I can't encourage you enough that we all need deep, life-giving friendships to be fully healthy and to be fully happy. Yeah, this is such an important concept for us in our lives to be healthy individuals, you know, just functioning in the world on a daily basis, but also to be healthy individuals within the, in the context of a marriage. I think if we want to have a healthy marriage, Travis, we have to be healthy individuals. Yeah, we have to be healthy people. Well, according to the world-renowned Mayo Clinic, here's what they wrote and what they found Good friends are good for your health. Friends can help you celebrate good times and provide support during bad times. Friends prevent loneliness and they give you a chance to offer needed companionship too. So some other things that they point out about friends, again, from the world-renowned Mayo Clinic, here's what they say. Uh, Friends can also increase your sense of belonging and purpose. They can boost your happiness and reduce your stress. They also improve your self-confidence and self-worth. They help you cope with traumas such as serious illness, job loss, or the death of a loved one. And finally, they, they point out that friends can encourage you to change or avoid unhealthy lifestyle habits such as excessive drinking or a lack of exercise. So I think, Don, that we have established that friendships are important. I mean, psychology today, John, right? One of, oh, one of Jesus's important. His disciples tells us we need that face-to-face communication. And he wrote that how many years ago? Two thousand years ago. Exactly. And the Mayo Clinic. Well, here's the thing. Now we're going to kind of turn a corner. If friendships are important, and they are, I mean, I would even say that they are essential. We probably cannot live without friends. Then here's my next question. What about face-to-face communication and friendship in your marriage as well? So I want to ask you guys kind of a question that Dawn had mentioned earlier, asked earlier. I'm going to echo it, but it's it's kind of targeted a little bit more towards your marriage. So let me ask you, when was the last time you had a deep face-to-face conversation with your spouse? And I know you might look at your spouse on and off as you're, you know, running out the door to work or you both jump in the car to go to the grocery store, whatever it is, but are you actually looking into your spouse's 
person's face into their eyes for 20, 30, 40 minutes in any given day? What is your daily routine? Is it a part of your daily routine? Those conversations are so important, Travis. I know when we sit together at supper, we make sure that we're facing each other. We're not shoulder to shoulder. I mean, we could do that, but we're not. We're sitting across from each other at the table, having a face-to-face conversation deliberately, making sure that the TV's off, our phones aren't out, and just communicating because we know that we need to have that face-to-face communication to have a successful marriage, to make sure that we are on the same page. Yeah, and we have exceptions to that sometimes. Sometimes we pull up and we watch a movie or something together with with a meal. But typically, you're right, Don, that is a normal practice for us to look each other in the eye and eat together. Well, a face-to-face friendship and marriage it does something. Yes, it does. it's important outside of your home with your guy friends or your girlfriends, but inside your home with your spouse, here's here's some things that just come to my mind quickly. Here's what it does. It gives you someone with the highest level of trust. Don, mm-hmm. when you and I are friends, man, that's a level of trust I can't get anywhere else. It also provides a place of safe communication. I mean, I think of some of the conversations that you and I have as a husband and wife. They're so private. We wouldn't want anybody else to hear them and that's what makes them incredibly priceless. They it also having that that face-to-face friendship with you Don my spouse it reminds me daily that I have a team and it's the best to be a part of a team especially a winning team and and then we're winning together and so that's such a cool piece. It also allows you to experience the care of someone special who has no agenda. You already said I do. You love me. You've proven in 29 years that you have my back and then you care for me. Like I get to experience it. And that's that face-to-face friendship. It also provides a sense of relational security. Your spouse is here to stay. I mean, they have been there all along and they're going to be there. And that's a deep friendship in marriage that is unbelievable. And lastly, it gives you a spiritual friend who can encourage you with the truth and with times of prayer and an eternal perspective. We just want to encourage you guys to make face-to-face conversations and friendships a part of your life and a part of your marriage. We know that this will help get rid of those blues. Again, not just winter blues, but blues all together. Just knock them out. But those face-to-face conversations are important. John wouldn't have talked about it. It wouldn't have been in the Bible 2,000 years ago if it didn't matter. Yeah. So man, make the changes that you need to make today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Honestly, it's going to have a huge impact on your own personal health as you build those relationships outside of your marriage, but especially that face-to-face friendship in your marriage. Build it up, strengthen it. You're never going to regret it. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you guys, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.